BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. (laughs) That's good. You have no neck. Nope. Do owls have no neck? Not really. That's a lot of neck, dude. Your neck alone is like my height. My neck? (laughs) Everything you have is like... It's bigger. It's proportionate, but everything you have is there. Like, you're not missing anything. Well, thank you. (laughs) That's what the doctor said when I was delivered. Nice. Mrs. Kissel. He's not missing missing anything. anything. (laughs) In fact, he's got too much of everything. He's twice as much as everything else. I don't know how you did that, man, but you're an American hero. Your kid came out five feet tall. Oh, my God. Nightmare. Uh, that's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. We're joined by Saman Arbabi today. Hey, guys. Yeah, I asked uh, folks on the internet if they had any questions for you. Turns out everyone who follows me on Twitter is a jackass. <laughs> that's what uh, That's what I learned. I follow you. Yeah, no, yeah. That says no. a lot about me, too, right? No, no, no. You're the only one who's uh, unbelievably polite and cool. Oh. You're the best, Saman. There's a fellow, his name is Jordan Lewis. Hello, Jordan Lewis. Thank you for your question for Saman or Bobby. <laughs> what is he saying? It's all hard-hitting news over here. Jordan Lewis asks, uh, do you have Battletoads? Saman or Bobby, do you have Battletoads? I, I, dude, I don't even know what that means. I'm not sure exactly. I don't know. Marcus Parks, you can give us some answers here I've to what this battle... of like Camel Toes, but yeah. I don't know what this is. How about is. Camel Toes? Do you have Camel Toes? I have like four of them. You have four <laughs> Camel Toes. I'm from Middle East, dude. We're is all, that the thing? We all have Camel Toes. <laughs> That's they give you when when you leave the country. Do not forget who you are. Take the camel toe. (laughs) Exactly. Double camel toes. That's the one thing with the sort of Middle Eastern garb, limited camel toe. Absolutely. But you want to tell us what it is, Marcus? Battle Battle toads. How do you know about it anyway? Because I spend too much time on the internet. It's an old internet joke where you, you call up... It's a prank call thing where you call up like GameStop or something like that and just ask, do you have Battletoads? But about 30 or 40 people do it all at once. So you just have I can the, see it being fun. Every time they answer, and then people will type out the transcript of what the people say. The funniest one they ever do is they called the Pawn Stars guys. Really? Yeah. And they called them up and just asked over and over again, do you have Battletoads? And they would like trick them in certain ways. And That's great. It's real fun. I would so love to see favorites. those Pawn Star guys all flustered. You know, anytime you can get a fat guy to jiggle that <laughs> jowl it's a good time what's the name of the biggest guy on that pawn star show cherub or chubster or chum chum I believe his name is chumley chum. chumley yeah. yeah what's the uh best answer you can give to that 
Do you yes. Have, do you I have Battletoads? Several Absolutely. of them. <laughs> We're stocked up like shit. It's like, this is the Costco of Battletoads. Definitely sounds like a terrible STD you get in the Amazon. So you know? what, what, what's our answer to your fellow follower? Twitter? Well, I mean, that that's it. Do you have Battletoads? Plenty of them. Anytime. Plenty of them anytime. All right, <laughs> just, so that's the answer. Just uh, contact. Just use your Twitter and be in touch with Ben about that. Yeah, yeah. Plenty yeah. of them. Uh, well, speaking of battles, Simon, you're actually, you avoided a battle. You were supposed to be in Tripoli. Yes. And, well, not uh, Tripoli, Beirut. You were supposed to be in Beirut uh, as of yesterday, but because you're an old man now who likes to stay home. I just said, fuck it. You've got a wife. You've got a future. You did not want to go to a devastated land. And thank God, because recently there was just the, uh, just a bombing. Car bombs exploded outside two Sunni mosques in Tripoli, Lebanon on Friday as many worshippers were just finishing prayers, killing dozens of people, wounding hundreds, and sending new sectarian shutters through the country already deeply unsettled by the conflict in neighboring Syria. Yes, sir. What, what's the best car to put a car bomb in? What kind of car do you... I mean, do you use a nice car so, uh, you know, as to not uh, draw suspicion, or do you use a real dumpster? Actually, most cars in uh, Lebanon are pretty beat up. They're from, like, the six, not 60s, but they're from the 70s. Oh, okay. I had a driver one time. He was driving an old Benz from, like, mid-70s, but... It's cool. It's a good car. But the engine was from a BMW, so it was pretty cool. That's hilarious. And he lost his car. It got actually blown up uh, during the war. Really? <laughs> I found that, like, a week later after it came back, yeah. Was he in the car? Um, he, he was wounded. He, they took him to the hospital, but I, I don't think the car was directly attacked, but it, it shrapnels or some shit. It, anyway, the car right. was out of commission. He ended up in the hospital. I have a picture of him somewhere. What goes into a car bomb? Do you put that uh, in the engine? Do you put it in the trunk? Depends. You- I actually went, I've seen a, several car bombs. They're mm-hmm. pretty fucked up. Have like, you made any? Have you created any? I can't comment on that. Story <laughs> okay. Without <laughs> my lawyer. Mm-hmm. That's fine. <laughs> but um, I, some of them, like, r- literally, like, they crumbled the car. All you see is, like, it's almost like you put it in, you know, those, those, when, you, um, when you take your, like, a junkyard car. Right. It comes out, like, all crumbled. Oh, like, an impl- like it implodes it. It, it. That's what it looks like almost. <sighs> but the one I saw, uh, the, the one that I saw with a person in it, um, they had I I got to the scene literally like 10 15 minutes after they had ter- um like killed this the the leader of a communist party in Lebanon. Okay. And what they had done was they put a car bomb underneath his seat under the car. Like, right. Where right. he would sit. Um so the car was almost So basically if you get in a car in Lebanon, listen for ticking. You know, there's like listen for a bomb at he didn't all times. Feel shit, the, the 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 car was fine, but where he his his driver even lived, the driver really? was taken to the hospital. He was wounded, but he had no lower body. Like when I got there, that just dragged him out. The driver had no lower body. No, the no, man no. who died. The man who died. The passenger. The driver was fine because they knew he was going to sit there. Right. So, and wow. you got to see. So you saw the uh, the the upper half of his uh, yeah. corpse. I, well, I, I tried not to look, but I saw a little, I took a little glimpse. I saw a little bit, but that part of the car was just fucking full of blood and it was nasty. That's yeah. a pretty sta- and that's your standard car bomb. Uh, that's not a standard car that seemed, bomb. Yeah, it seems no. like a it seems like a sniper I mean, car see, bomb in a way. A, exactly. Just destroyed one guy. This was a car bomb that was targeted towards a person using the car. I didn't realize you could go with such like you could have like a wide range car bomb or yeah, just a very specific absolutely. car bomb. Yeah. I didn't realize there the was one so Marcus much uh, variation. Is talking about was a double bombing, and they actually use cars. Packed with explosives, so the car itself bomb. is a bomb. Is a bomb. Yeah. Okay. I saw the uh, the pictures of the aftermath of the bombing and the crater that this thing left was probably 
yeah. 10 feet deep. You Massive. Should, you should look up the one um, they assassinated uh, Prime Minister Hariri with in 2005. That neighborhood was destroyed. <laughs> like it, it, all, it almost looked like they had dropped a bomb from a B, like a B fifty two. Really, the, that whole neighborhood was a crater. That was a massive bomb to take out one guy. They killed a lot of people with it. Yeah. So, what would you rather? What, I mean, what do you want to do? You want to go in a uh, a chemical attack like they're using in Syria right now, or a nice uh, a nice car bombing? Um, I don't know much about the Lebanese uh, situation. All, all I know is like um, they caught the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, f- forgot what his name is. His name is uh, Sheikh Ahmad Al Garib. Sounds like the rest of these brown guys. Perfect. <laughs> I, I can say it. Saman says it. Yeah, <laughs> he's a uh, he's Sunni. Uh, he has ties to a Sunni organization that enjoys good relations with uh, Hezbollah, which like, happens to be Shia. Yeah, Hezbollah yeah. is Shia. Yeah, it's very complicated there. Yeah, but- how does how does that work? So. The, this guy in Lebanon, he kills mostly Shiites, but he is in a Sunni organization that has good relations with a Shiite organization. Right. Um, that's v- it's, it sounds twisted, but that's actually very common in, in Lebanon. And that's what makes it so fucked up. Tripoli, first of all, is the second largest city in, in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. After Beirut, it's Tripoli. And it's, um, it's, on, like, it's closer to Syrian border. And they're mostly Sunnis. Um, and it's it's a it's a fragile city. Yeah. If shit happens in in Tripoli, then Beirut's next. But um, it's very like there's so many different groups in Lebanon, and that's the worst part. It doesn't make sense, but I'll try to tell you. But okay. you have like even Christian organization, like Christian po- uh, political organizations and um, leaders that have beef with other Christians. Right. But they're close with like Hezbollah. Uh, for example, one of them is Michel Owen. Michel Owen's a Christian leader. And this guy, uh, he's very popular amongst the Christians. I would say, like, probably the most popular Christian. What kind of leader. Christian are we talking here? Uh, See, is this the, the Coptic the, Christians? Yeah, the Coptics. Yeah, they're Coptics. Yeah. They're, they're getting murdered left and right, apparently. Oh, especially, yeah, in Egypt. Uh, yeah. In Egypt, they're, yeah, yeah in no Egypt's one likes a them. different situation. Yeah, yeah because yeah. they hate everybody, too. The, the Coptics right. are the snobs of Egypt, basically. That's, yeah, they don't, uh, they don't cover that on Fox News when they talk about uh, all the Coptics no. getting killed. But I know Saman Arbabi has told me that he doesn't like those Coptic Christians, Not so sh- I say kill, kill, kill the Coptic <laughs> Christians. My, my, my own um, first cousin's married to a Coptic, Coptic Egyptian, so I don't have beef with them, but um, yeah. they, they were the elite of Egypt. Basically. Is he more or less strict than like a uh, you know, very conservative Muslim very- He's just as extreme, just as extreme, yeah. But on the Christians, that's the thing. I feel like when Fox reports on these Coptic Christians, Christians back here, um, they just they they think that they're like you know, you know, like um, like Mr. Warren, you know, with the the big the big fat minister. Oh yes, you know, I forget his name. I, I remember. I can't remember his name. Warren. Yet. They think they're these kind of Christians, like Pastor Joel Olstein Christians. Yeah, Coptic yeah. Christians. They're intense Christians. They're militant Christians. Yeah, my my cousin had to convert before they could get married. Right, right. And they right. had like a Coptic. Uh, ceremony seems like it would be a dark mass doesn't it weird and it's actually more weird than a regular christian church marriage sure they had some weird psychotic shit going on the dude i'm sure they did monk and they had like some smoke shit going around and i don't know what the fuck it was but it was weird anyway so back to uh well well, one question about the the coptics before we move on uh so you say that the coptics were once the elite in egypt yeah does that have anything to them being christians and them being elites? does that have anything to do with the u.s giving so much aid to egypt like say they no. Connected more with the Christians than anyone else. It might have a little bit, but I don't. 
because it, it shows a little bit of secular secularity mm-hmm. within the government. And Syria used to be the same too. They actually had a lot of respect for the Christians and they always lived the best, both in, in Syria and in Egypt. But the main reason we we fund and we give all this money to Egypt has nothing to do with religion. It has right. everything to do with keeping peace with Israel. That's well, all. It sounds like a lot of this stuff has nothing to do with religion. Like when you're ta- when you're talking about all of the Sunni and Shiite and all this, this all these all sound like political uh, well, allies. It Maybe, is. Did John Lennon get his wish? <laughs> you know, imagine there's no religion. Everything would be so peaceful. It oh, is, wait a second. It is religion, but religions turn into politics, and yeah. that's that's the problem. Anytime that it, it's no longer a personal issue, it becomes a political party or a political power. Then you're fucked. Yeah, and they also hate those Coptics because Mubarak. They uh, a lot of the folks think that Mubarak really favored him and stuff when he was uh, when he was in power and things like that. So well, they got some breaks and Mubarak did did yeah. I even mean, though they're an extreme minority, they got all the cash. Ex- and shit exactly, like that. that's cool. Well, they so, didn't get all the cash, but they were definitely like treated better. I mean, they, right. they lived off. They they were better. They were, they had a better access to everything. Well, they have a better god. Um, <laughs> you know, so that, of they all have the same god. They yeah. had a better prophet. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the fella over there in. Uh, in Tripoli, he's with Hezbollah, and of course Assad is with Hezbollah as well. Is there any connection there, or is this just a random correlation? It's I'm pretty sure because even in Beirut, about a week or a week and a half ago, there was a big, big bombing. Mm. So Tripoli's this is not the first one. This is like this is going on for a while. Does it, does it have anything to do with the Syrian Absolutely. conflict or these little proxy? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because um, fits of violence. You know, Hezbollah getting involved with the Syrian civil war yeah. was a red flag, and this is just basically probably the beginning of what's going to leak into Lebanon. And if the shit gets down to Lebanon and, and Lebanon goes back to what happened between 75 and 90. What happened in 75 to 90? A nasty civil war. I mean, Lebanese yeah. civil war is probably one of the worst ones we've ever seen. Uh, it's going to take back Lebanon, the whole region. Can you have a 15-year civil war anymore? I yeah. really don't think that you can. I feel like the, uh, the you know, the way the media works and the way the, uh, yeah. you know, international intervention happens, I don't think you're allowed to have a 15-year no, uh, spat East, of bloodshed. You, you, you can still do it? In the Middle East, you can. Yeah. Obama, like over 700 days ago, said uh, that Assad needs to be ousted. Oh, yeah. 369 days ago, to be exact, said the chemical weapons... That's the red line. Yeah, yeah this red line and is fast. They used the chemical weapons one year to the day boom. that he said that this is yeah. the red line. Like right. he said it, and Assad's like, oh, yeah, here, watch this. Boom. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, what what does he get? Like, that's just what I keep asking about Assad is like, what does he gain from that? Like, what does he gain from provoking? It seems like he's provoking the United States so much. I think he's having a good laugh over it. It really doesn't make any sense. And this is especially after, you know, they invited and they allowed the UN inspectors to come in three days ago to check this shit out to mm-hmm. see if it has been used. So By the really, way, who are these inspectors? Remember, what was it? Hans Blix was over Hans there in Blix. Iraq and oh, all yeah. these people. But it's like they don't seem to do anything. They're just. We're going to send over this our strongest a, nerds. This guy's a and, Swedish guy. Yeah. Oh, the Swede. Yeah. Oh, he's going to really get under Assad's skin. <laughs> uh, he's really going to, uh, he's going to intimidate him. I mas- massage and some meatballs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> going in there with a bunch of Ikea furniture. That could keep Assad busy for a little while. Yeah. If you just force him to put together, his entire home has to be Ikea yeah. furniture. There's no time for a civil war no. when you're trying to figure out how to put a goddamn sofa together without a screwdriver. Yeah, and make him do it all with his wife. That's right. That's right. Have a nice little fight. That's why it makes no sense. 
Yeah. So uh, with the IKEA part. <laughs> does this also play? Obviously, Assad and Russia—they're pretty close friends. Is this just another yeah. beautiful opportunity for Putin to make Obama seem like an inferior rival when it comes down to foreign affairs and overall um, well, abilities time, to uh, to kick ass? Every time you see anything on TV that looks like some poor bastards dying from chemical weapons, you, right. there's a lot of video, by the way. Oh, there's t- CNN has been playing it left and right. CNN literally was just like a. The video is so intense, so People grotesque, foaming, so horrifying, twisting, that, shaking, and right. But I thought they were gonna edit. I thought they were gonna end that sentence like so grotesque, so horrifying that we've edited it so you guys can see it. But they were just like, so we're gonna air it to you unedited. You know, <laughs> please don't turn away. If you have children, get them out of the room now. And of course, I watch it because I have a sick fascination with death. And uh, man, doesn't seem like the way to go. No, and of course, every time uh, you see something like that, Russia comes out. is like, no, I, I'm not so sure if that's chemical weapons. What the fuck is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't bad look, KFC. What it wasn't- do you have that you think this is not chemical weapons? Because we, right. so Russia is always defending Assad. Do you think that Russia uh, gave Assad's regime the chemical weapons, or Hezbollah gave him the weapons? Where did he get these weapons from? No, Hezbollah. Was, or did we no. give him the weapons? Uh, no, I mean Syria has the capability to produce their own weapons. And whatever they may or may not have gotten is probably from Iran. Okay. And maybe maybe even Russia, but most likely I would lean towards Iran and then their own, their own stuff. Is there any possibility whatsoever that Assad is telling the truth when he says that they, he had nothing to do with it? It's possible. Yeah. Because if, you know, it, it, it sounds like, it sounds crazy, but some of these countries are so disorganized mm-hmm. and the shit's so out of control that you could have like a, like a warlord running things mm-hmm. in a in in a certain part of the uh, country or whatever. This happens to be very close to Damascus, so you know, even if if even if Assad really didn't know anything about it, he should. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know anything about someone else using your own chemical weapons to kill your own people, then you should not be there. And so, what, but you it should is, step down, or, or someone should get rid of you immediately. But I suppose I could see how that w- you know could possibly. Uh could possibly happen just as military one of his military leaders or whatever just releases Easily, it yeah. doesn't tell him and and, and, and to be fair uh, there are some evidence that the opposition has also used chemical weapons well, wh- now that happened a few months ago i think the last time you were here we were discussing them possibly using chemical weapons and me and we watched the footage of the uh the heart of the, eating, the, the heart eating uh-huh. yeah the the uh the rebel who was just cut out a man's heart and had a nice I would had a nice brunch over it i think i would take chemical weapons over heart eating yeah yeah, I, I suppose would. once you've been uh, uh, infic- infected with a chemical weapon, you can no longer have your heart eaten, which no, is kind of nice. Toxic. Yeah, then you 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 yourself are sort of a chemical weapon, which Basically. is kind of cool. Those videos were horrible, by the way. Yeah, very very brutal. That that is true. The chemical weapons videos they're pretty intense. And most of seems the guy, like people are gasping for air, but that heart fuck, video like, that's like a whole fish, other level. You know, like fish taken out of water. Mm-hmm. And most of the um, victims were actually people who were trying to save. Those who were affected, there were like you know these makeshift ambulance drivers and stuff like that. Didn't a lot of kids die? A, a lot bunch of kids. Of kids. Yeah, I don't know how they got all those kids. I suppose kids would be more susceptible to chemical weapons. Why? Just because they're younger. They're you know they're Smaller, a little bit weaker. Healthier. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think it's so. not easier to kill a child with chemical weapons. Uh, I think it's easier probably to kill a child with chemical weapons than an adult. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, this whole we talked about this before. The whole Lebanese, um, Syrian civil war started with the kids. How did that? What did that happen? Two, three years ago, whenever the fuck it was, it, it started by the police um, catching like three or four teenagers. Oh, that's right. Who yeah. were throwing rocks or something. They that's were doing right. stupid, and they pulled their fingernails. 
did that whole thing. And then the whole village or the city, they, they rose up and they started them. That's how the demonstrations started from there. Well, so I guess it makes sense that they're giving the chem weapons uh, over to a bunch of kids. Over 100,000 people have died. This is a genocide. It's not, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, so if the insurgents would start using, if the rebels would start using some chemical weapons, I wonder what our response would be with that. Uh, well, we haven't our, done shit, but our, I think we're gonna we're gonna do something. Our response think? right now, uh, this is just uh, this was released at eight o'clock this morning. U.S. naval forces are moving closer to Syria as President Obama considers military options yeah. for responding to the alleged use of chemical weapons by the Assad government. We have a boat there already with cruise missiles. Yeah, the president emphasized that a quick intervention in the Syrian civil war was problematic given the international considerations that should precede a military strike. From what I've heard, he mm. has mentioned, uh, you know, unilateral responses like having permission from the UN and all he that. He always loves to get permission. Yeah. I always say it's better to just act, no, uh, act no. and then ask for an apology. See, well, that's what we did with Iraq and it's that's working. The, well, exactly. yeah. <laughs> we asked for a lot of apologies. You nailed it because Obama's trying not to be like Bush. That's right. He's like, no, if I, if, if I do anything, I've gotten permission from the international. He is trying yeah. to be a good president. Right. That it is seems true. It's like France is starting to take more of a, an interest in all this. Well, France, you know, this was the old, the old land. France, is that what that yeah, is? I okay. Mean, most Lebanese, if not half of them at least, speak French, and a lot of people in Syria speak French because that was all part of France. Are they trying to position themselves to fill the vacuum when Assad gets out? Because that's the problem. I mean, that's what we had going on in Egypt, and it seems like every time a regime gets ousted, like people like the Muslim Brotherhood or other fanatics, uh, you know, they, they, they end up taking power, and then we're just totally screwed up again. I mean, is it possible that the French could go in and just, like, run Syria again? I don't think the French is, French will be involved with this one. I th- if anything, they would do. They would probably support the United States, but I think it would be the U.S. that's going to get. Involved. I mean, what are we going to do? We get Assad out of there. A lot of these rebels, like we talked about in the last the episode, problem. are Al Qaeda. I mean, so it's like who's right. going to who's going to take the power? And look at Egypt. Exactly, it's a total nightmare over there. We're back to Mubarak. Yeah, <laughs> he was released the other day. He yeah, might he's win the Nobel Peace it. Prize next year. I don't know. Yeah, you know. So uh, Syria is the same thing. I think that's why uh, Obama's been a little bit hesitant about getting involved because totally. he's not sure what the fuck's going to happen next. Yeah. So what? I get rid of Assad, but what? Who's next? So it makes no sense. But uh, he promised. And then if so, we go in there. Let's say we have our you know our navy. We're not going to go in there. Yeah. No, no I mean, boots on the ground. But let's no say we boots. send some bombs over there, right? We're going to send a lot of bombs. I think the first thing he's going to do he's going to have like a. a He's going to have a no-fly zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think they'll use targeted precision bombing targets using uh, cruise Bombing, missiles. you mean drones or? Uh, probably drones because we don't want any U.S. soldiers to die. And, yeah. and it, it, we, we don't want, he doesn't want to be like Bush. Obama's um, the best drone president of all time. And he's been practicing for a while in oh, Afghanistan and Pakistan. He's nailing so, it. So yeah. this, this is like nothing. <laughs> I mean, if we do end up going into Syria, what does that mean for U.S.-Russian relations? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Um, I mean, is Russia, Russia really doesn't give a fuck about Syria, right? It's more just do. like, this is our fun little toy, no, strategically, right? Strategically, they do. They, they why all, why they does do. Russia need Syria? Russia needs Syria because it's like their own little island in the Middle East. You know, it's like a vacation home for them. We have Israel, right? Iran has Lebanon, but Russia also has Iran. They're they're no bodies, right? Russia doesn't have Iran actually. No, Iranians are their own thing. Okay, they they work together, but it's not their little. Little buddy. It's not just the, the thing is that right. Israel's our little buddy, and right. uh, and Syria is Russia's little buddy. Sure, sure. Exactly. And, and Lebanon is Iran's little buddy. 
Okay. Egypt used to be. Everyone's what, got friends. That's nice. They, but they just can't be <laughs> all friends to, together. But right, right, right. Egypt used to be a Russian buddy. And that's, mm-hmm. that, you know, during the war with Israel, the Russians were giving them all the weapons and stuff. But when um, Assad came. And but then, then Russia said Egypt was fat behind Egypt's back. And then well, Egypt <laughs> came to America and was just like, Russia's being mean. When Assad went to the United like, Nations and he shocked the world saying, yes, Israel should exist and blah, 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 blah. Then he basically. He said, fuck off to Russia, and he became a U.S. ally, and that's when we started funding Russia. Not Assad. I mean, this was Mubarak, right? Uh, Mubarak. Abbas. I'm sorry. I said Abbas. Abbas. Okay. Uh, President Abbas. Uh, uh, of Egypt. Not Abbas. Sadat. President You Sadat. could say any name. I was no, just no, no, It doesn't bro, matter. No, <laughs> I, I fucked up big time. I sound like an idiot right now. No. But uh, President Assad. Assad. Sadat. Uh, He's melting down. Everybody. I am melting. Send down. your Twitter questions to no, no. Samad. No, he, he was assassinated in 1980. Yeah, President Sadat was the guy who he was the first person that came to the United Nations and he said, "There's no war. There's no beef between Egypt and Israel." Right. And he shocked the world. And after that, we started funding Egypt for being for keeping because the peace. they liked Israel. That's okay. why we started giving money to Egypt. That's when. All and, because they were nice to and Israel. And then shortly hmm. after he was assassinated and murdered and killed in 1980 I in like, Egypt. You know, and that's when Mubarak came to power and he said it's a state of emergency till today. Okay, so we but even just after like this e- guy who said that Israel was a friend of Egypt, even after he was assassinated, we continue to give money to Egypt. Say again, sorry. So uh, this guy, we had this guy. That yeah, this came dude in. was popped he, off. He was popped. Yeah, he said that like, hey, Israel's fine. Israel should be there. Are you talking about Sadat? Yeah, Sadat. And then uh, he gets popped, and then Mubarak comes into. Well, power. Mubarak was his boy. Okay, yeah. Mubarak was in the same party. Can I just say all these character, all these people sound like Street Fighter characters to me at this point? <laughs> it's like yeah. Sadat, Mubarak. <laughs> Mubarak sounds like he has claws and he moves his hands real quick. He'll what was eat that old eighties? The little martial art game. What was it called? Oh yeah, Morbid, which, nah. not Mortal Kombat. Kung Fu. It was, I think it was just called Kung Fu. Actually, no, no, no. There, there were two guys, a blue one and a red one. Yeah, I think it was just called Kung Fu. No, Double Dragon. Oh, oh Double yes. Dragon. Double Dragon. Yeah, with so, a bobo and whatnot. Yeah. With exactly. Bobo and what? Shit, I've spent so much money on that stupid game. So Israel, uh, because tough of game, tough game, because of our love for Israel, which by the way, it seems more and more like a uh, Russell Simmons. Uh, what was his wife's name? Kamor situation. It just seems like uh, Israel is our wife that loves Gucci. And yeah. it's just constantly shopping. And we love Israel, and I don't exactly yeah. know why. Israel's a, but it just causes a lot, a lot of Israel heartache and takes a lot of our money. They have more influence in the States than we have in Israel, to be honest with you. Like, well, the uh, the uh, the, uh, the president over there in Israel doesn't particularly like Obama. No, because Obama's a soft. And as a matter of fact, he ran on a campaign, you know, kind of yeah. uh, distancing no, I, himself and mocking Obama the entire time. He was time. hoping that the uh, he was hoping that Romney would win, and it is a That's big right. deal because if you watch, if you go back and listen to the campaigns again, the right wingers actually understand how important it is. Uh, to stand with Israel, and right. a, a huge part of their campaign was taking sides with Israel, and that was what. And they, and they were trying to say that Obama's not good enough; he's too soft. Yeah, and but, Romney, of course, calling Russia our biggest geopolitical foe at the time. It was so laughable and things like that. But it seems to be coming uh, more and more clear that they are an extreme foe, and uh, they certainly be. dominating They're right Sarah now. Sarah Palin's neighbor. That's right. I mean, is the Middle East getting so? I would love to see Sarah Palin get hit with some uh, chemical weapons. That'd be fun. <laughs> 
she would actually beat the weapon, though. I'm fairly certain she, she would. would. She because she's so stupid, she wouldn't even know she That's had chemical weapons in her system. I just, I just shake it a little bit. My I have chemical I, weapons in Alaska everywhere. Yeah, it's like crazy. Yeah, I can see chemical weapons from my eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Is the Middle East getting so destabilized that Israel is becoming useless to us? No, no, no. The the problem with with Middle East, uh, with you know, forget about Israel. It, 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 Middle East has been like this little pressure cook that we've kind of just like spent a lot of money on keeping the lid over it. Mm-hmm. You know, Egypt had a long like it's Egypt could have changed things in the last thirty four like since Saadet's assassination in 1980 when Mubarak came to power and U.S. became an ally of Egypt, they had that much time between 1980 till two, three years ago when, you know, they ousted Mubarak to make things happen. But they didn't, and we neglected it. We didn't give a shit. As long as Mubarak was being a big dick and oppressing its people, we funded him. Sure. And, and it's gotten to a point now where people are not happy with that old system and the new system that... If you give it the chance, which we did in Egypt that came to power, is an extreme anti-American, anti-Israeli system. And this is the Morrissey Muslim this Brotherhood. This is the Muslim Brotherhood. Yeah. So right now, that's what happened. Now we've gone back again. We've gone back to releasing him, and the military stepped back in. It's a state of emergency again, mm. as it was during Mubarak. So we've gone back to the same thing. Because I do enjoy, like, they weren't happy with Mubarak at the end. There. No, he was corrupt. He was, he was corrupt. But they actually took legal action... To put him in prison. That would never happen and in America. And he's still going to face them. I mean, he, he's just at a military hospital. It's not like he's released to the streets. And he's got I mean, other... back in, in America, if Mubarak was our president and he was uh, you know, indicted on charges and things, he would be out of office perhaps, but he would just be doing Bosley hair, cl- uh, hair plugs <laughs> for men commercials. I mean, he would just be talking about his low testosterone for uh, you know some Probably. bizarre... Uh, you know, uh, medical ad. Bosley. I mean, there would be. There's really no ramifications for your actions when it comes down to American uh, politicians. But in Egypt and in the Middle East, you mess up. I mean, they'll kill you. Look at Saddam. Look at Gaddafi. So. Well, yeah. yeah. No, Mubarak. Mubarak. Lucky, Both. By, by the way, Gaddafi's death worse than a chemical weapon and worse than a car bomb. A knife to Mubarak, your ass. That's oh. the that's the worst way to go. Mubarak also got lucky because we in the states didn't want him dead either. You know, this mm-hmm. was a guy we supported, we funded. Right. And, and you know, during the whole time, we were like, be careful what you do with him. Right. So he wasn't killed. And now he's released. But he's got some other charges to face. But he's the guy's 86. So Oh, I mean, he's done. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, uh, that, that's he's the whole thing. He's sick as fuck. He's, on, he's, on a, he's laying on a bed the whole time. I saw the one picture shades. of him going into the... Uh, into the uh, uh, helicopter there going to the hospital. He, he he looked okay, but you know he's eighty six. Fucking eighty six. So so what are we gonna do then? Uh, you know the United States to avoid a situation similar to what happened with Egypt, Morrissey, and the Muslim Brotherhood in Syria. I mean, how would we possibly? Uh, you know, we can't just like throw some. We can't just like give him Joe Biden and be like Joe Biden's your president now. <laughs> well, what's I mean, what's 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 funny though? Right now, it's actually our stance towards Egypt right now is. It leans more towards the Muslim Brotherhood than it does with the military. And, and why, why, why would we like them more than the uh, military? I, I don't know what the reason is. Or, I mean, I can suspect that it's probably because logically we think it's going to be them bec- as a majority in Egypt eventually taking power. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's a different name for it or whatever, it, it is that side of Egyptian society that's going to take charge. 
So we're thinking ahead, and we're mm. kind of like leaning that way, and that's why. So we've, it's a if you, if you can't beat them, join them sort of situation, which we've always done, and and uh, that's why we've been having friction with the military in Egypt. You know, mm-hmm. they, they've been mouthing us. You know, they've been mouthing off and calling us like assholes and shit. And we keep saying, "Hey, I'm gonna cut cut your funds off and stuff mm-hmm. like that." And forget yeah. about the F-16s and all that. Yeah, this whole thing is it's just such a uh, well, such a wealthy father to his son situation. Well, I'm gonna stop paying your tuition. Basically, you know. yeah, but we're not going. We're never going to do that. You better stop well, dating I mean, Wendy. Even She's if Al Qaeda came to power in Egypt, we'd still give them the billions of dollars not to fuck with Israel. Right. Well, not just that. I was just reading another angle on this. Is a lot of it also has to do with military contracts that we have that are in place with Egypt right now. Tons. Because what we're doing is, and these are these are independent companies that are contracted over there. We're Huge. giving them money from Boeing to security contractors mm-hmm. that provide like the security systems in in Egypt. There's a ton of them. I think there was a list in Huffington Post that sh- showed. And How many billions of dollars we're providing? Right. Like we're giving them all this money, and that money is coming back to us because they're buying the shit from us. They're buying the yeah. Apaches, they're buying the F-16s, they're buying the technology, the the radar system. And so all what that China shit. is to like small trinkets that you might win out of a claw machine at a uh, at a Dave and Buster's, we are to just large uh, military. Um, Contractors, one point three billion. That's our major, but our major export is just contracting military type situations. Uh, contracting I, weapons. I don't think that's the main reason we do it, but that's definitely part of it. I mean, mm. we're, we're economy is always the best power you can have. And when you use an independent contractor that isn't officially a member of the government, although they're extremely a member of the government, then they don't have to, uh, you know, the, disclose uh, any of their documents. See who's things. the biggest contractor in Egypt? Sure. It's it's not even Boeing. It's what is some, it, Halliburton? And- no, no, because they have no oil. <laughs> oh, I see. Halliburton's only there if they have oil. No, we we're dealing with them completely on, on a military basis. Okay. And it's security and military. So it's it's technology and weapons. That's what we do. Who scares you more if, uh, if the Muslim Brotherhood end up, you know, taking power back in Egypt? Or uh, if the Al-Qaeda sort of uh, led rebels... Uh, end up getting some power in Syria. What's a more frightening situation for, oh, let's Al-Qaeda. just say, Israel and, uh, and the overall Middle East? If Al-Qaeda takes over Syria, that's a scarier situation. Al-Qaeda's worse, yeah. These guys are irrational. And Muslim, So Muslim Brotherhood, it's relatively moderate. Muslim Brotherhood was able to become more of a political party than, than just going totally rogue and start killing motherfuckers. I mean, they did. Right. But not as much. Al-Qaeda was just totally like invested into terrorism. Right, into eating hearts and... Just just going, like, taking right. down buildings and doing crazy fucked up shit like that. But Muslim Brotherhood, I actually interviewed people in, in, and it was a, um, you know, band party. I, it was a funny trip to even meet this guy. I so had to you, go okay. under a bridge and they, a car came. I had to go in a car and the whole interview was done in the car so we wouldn't get pulled over and shit. This was in Egypt? In, in, so in you car. went to Egypt and you were interviewing one of the head members of the Muslim Brotherhood? Actually, he ran for later on. Like, I What met, was his name? I, I fucking forgot his name, but he ran for president. Um, it, he, it wasn't Morsi, but it was one of the guys who ran for president after Mubarak. Oh, that's great. And, you know, he talked a good shit because he was talking about, like, we, we're against Mubarak because he's, you know, he's he's not so democratic and open to other parties. Right. And, you know, when it comes to human rights and shit like that, and he's breaking all whatever. He sounded, like, really good, but, I mean, that's before you come to power. Yeah. Yeah, so, once you get to power, you got to... Yeah. I mean, it's that great Bill Hicks joke where they just... Uh, we, I think he was uh, talking about... Uh, 
Bill Clinton coming to power in 1992 where he's like, you know, there's no hope with Clinton. And then he's just saying like the day one where they sit you down in the room and they show you the uh, the Kennedy assassination. Mm. unedited yeah they show you from an angle that you've never seen before Yeah, exactly and they say any questions and he says just what my agenda is yeah just tell me what to do the gopro around um jackie kennedy's head yeah exactly (laughs) close-up shot the The pillbox hat opens up (laughs) exactly i've seen the raw footage on that thing that's nasty dude yeah oh yeah his head just opened up the zapruder film is fucking brutal oh yeah open like a trunk no, Kennedy, Gaddafi, and Saddam. I mean, I'm not sure which one I would rather have. I guess uh, I mean, Kennedy died got, pretty uh, quick. Well, Kennedy, he got shot Gaddafi twice, is the though. worst one. Yeah, yeah. K- Kennedy first got one in the neck. Right, right. And then as soon as he started, like, oh, bah. Yeah. But I would still take the Kennedy one. Yeah. So, or Saddam. Saddam wasn't bad. He didn't feel a thing. But yeah, Saddam, but it, I don't like hanging. hanging. It's, yeah. I don't like yeah. the, all the anticipation. That's yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, everyone yeah. around you is like going, "Fuck you!" Yeah, my, I'm taking a big picture yeah. of you. Yeah. I mean, I never want. Like and it was being a able bad to go camera. And kick the boss yeah. in the ass. No, exactly. I'll, I'll take Kennedy. Gaddafi was the worst. Gaddafi yeah. is the worst. But I, I would say Saddam is the second worst. What would you, What would you say uh, is the future for Mr. Assad if he does get out? I mean. He'll probably be executed, right? I mean, he'll be tried for war crimes and things totally. like that if he ends up losing. What if you're Assad right now? You have to be sitting uh, in your, you know, relatively nice castle still, you know, and I'm sure he's eating, uh, you know, fairly good food and things he's like got that. Plans. He must be completely terrified. At what point do you hit the ejection seat and just parachute down to, uh, you know, some small island where no one can see you? Or I think, find I think you? at the at, at a time when. Um Damascus is becoming, you know, the next target. Do you think Assad is actually in Syria right now? I yeah. mean, you think he's still there? Yeah, he's there. He's, I mean, parts of it is still pretty subtle. Actually, there are parts of Syria that people have don't even have a fucking clue there's a civil war going on. Really? But that's like, you know, a small part of it. That's where, like, where the villas are next to the beach and shit like that. But um, so you can, if you have a vacation home in Syria right now, you can yeah. still go to your uh, parts of parts of Syria. It uh, comes from the Alawite families, which is all pro. Uh, 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 I'm getting all the names fucked up. That's uh, okay, Assad. So that part of Syria is actually pretty safe. Nothing's happened there. But he's got exit strategies. He's probably going to go to Russia and just you know live in exile. Yeah, him and Edward Snowden just going to go hang out, <laughs> exactly. have a good time, have a good time. If Russia takes in Assad. That would be, that would be quite a slap in the face. Uh, nothing would happen. I don't think anything. That would be would great, happen, though. It would be fantastic. I mean, just Putin is. They would take him. They would take him in a if heartbeat. If Russia doesn't, Iran will take him. He'll be a pimp in Iran. He'll be like the shit. And Iranian women, Iranian women versus Russian women. I think I would rather go to Iran. I think I'm going to go to Iran as well. Nope. going to Russia. Right. For me, the grass is always hairier on the other side. <laughs> I would go to Russia. I think I'd have better luck in Russia. If you have a vacation. Because I kind of look Russian. No, dude. That's the other way around. Yeah. If, that's right. Because you're like a You want to be guy, novelty uh, modest. That's right. Yeah. Dude. But as an Iranian, I can tell you, if in Iran, like anything with blue eyes and light hair, fuck, you're done. That's right. Yeah, right I have red hair, so I'll, I'll be. Uh, you're still good. Yeah, and you're like eight feet tall. Oh, yeah. So you'd be like, that's why I always uh, kind of dreamed of going to China. Just having them crawl all over me. <laughs> you know, I would be considered a god. Little ants and shit. Yeah, yeah, it would be beautiful. If you have a vacation home in Egypt or a vacation home in Syria, which one is a safer one to go to right now? <laughs> um, Egypt. Egypt? Yeah. There's not a full-on civil war. It's still like relatively yeah, Egypt, peaceful plus, protest to some degree, although uh, some people are getting killed. Both safety 
uh, and also Egypt is a Mediterranean chunk of land. So, so it's you, more beautiful. You, it's you got uh, you've got beautiful places. Alexandria's amazing. Sharm el Sheikh is gorgeous. What are the odds that Egypt turns into a serious situation as far as a full blown civil war? I it's mean, the people turning out to be that way. But they live a little bit better in Egypt, don't they? They have a little bit more Western values than they did in Syria, so people are a little bit more spoiled. I mean, they, I think they have lean cuisine and no, microwavable dinners, uh, I, which I feel like microwavable dinners. They tend I to, actually uh, found the Egyptians to live in, in a shittier condition than the Syrians did. And the really? Syrians lived in a pretty crappy situation. But Egypt was fucked up, dude. Yeah. The first trip I, I made to Egypt, <clears throat> I remember getting out of my hotel and, and, and going somewhere. And this was like one of the main roads where I had to take it almost every day to get to anything I wanted mm-hmm. to go to. And I realized there was a dead horse in the side of the fucking street. A Just dead a horse. dead horse? So the first day I'm like, oh, okay, it's a dead horse. Mm-hmm. But nobody cleaned it up? Second day, the horse is still there with some like insects all around it. Right, right. Third day, the shit's still there with dogs around it eating it. Right, so right. For, dude, I was there for like 12 days and that fucking horse was still there. But Oh, you gotta have someone day, clean up that horse. There was nothing left because yeah. and that's the, how the country is. Uh, it's, it's, if you're not rich, mm-hmm. the government won't even pick up your garbage. They're, they don't have a system that they pick up garbage. So when... You have to live in these yeah. complexes. So no Egypt point, is... Uh, I mean, Syria is in better shape economically yeah. than... and Syria's Sy- a much, much smaller country. Syria has uh, okay. their... Population below the poverty line is 11%, and in Egypt, it's 20%. Mm. Uh, and unemployment in uh, Syria is 12%, while unemployment in Egypt is 20%. And these are fake numbers. These are numbers that the government gives. <laughs> right. Trust me. Yeah, these so are it's the more doctor. like 40% than totally 22%. These are totally, yeah, absolutely. And to me, 90% of Egyptians were, you know, they may, may, may have had jobs, but it was way below poverty. They were yeah. selling so fucking chewing gum on the street. That's what it was. I just feel like if these governments were smart, they would just give, like, very traditional social services, like, Garbage pickup. No. The garbage pickup will uh, avoid a bunch of different uh, forms of violence and a lot I'm, of anger. You think I'm kidding you, but there are no traffic lights. There are hardly any traffic lights. What are they in doing? Cairo. What are they doing with their? What's the government doing? And that, if they're not putting traffic lights up, that's and garbage the problem removal. because that's why the system's not working because it was corrupt. You had this elite layer of government, right? Military, mostly people. Cashing in billions of dollars, right. ripping off the country, and the rest were living in poverty. That's why the Muslim Brotherhood became popular. Because and the be- Muslim Brotherhood sort of—I nope. I suppose we can equate it not uh, not philosophy-wise whatsoever, but sort of how the Black Panthers came to power in the '60s and '50s totally. because there were the cops weren't patrolling, and, ever, and the cops that were patrolling were more violent than the criminals they were well, attempting. Muslim to catch Brotherhood in. became like a like a socialist Peter Pan organization, sort of a Che Guevara type. Had never had never ever had power, but it talked a good talk. Right. Mm. And it, it, it gathered, gathered people around it. Of course, once they come into power, they're going to be total fuck-ups. Right. And unfortunately, that's what's going to happen. We know about it, but you know, yeah, they, they seem to be popular. Right they now. say that things in America aren't, wouldn't, won't ever change, that we won't rise up until things get as bad as Egypt or Syria. Until they take all of our creature comforts away and there's nothing left and you're yeah. just but living the thing in is, absolute poverty. With America, they continue, they go in the exact opposite path. Everything is a, it's a, it's a country of convenience. You know, every, every day, theoretically, to some degree, gets easier than the day before. Do we get upset if, like, the oil price, or the gas prices go up by 50 cents? Okay. Right. Egypt's far more fucked up than that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no, there's no, uh, there's no, uh, regular sort of oil set price or like you can just go up to $10 it's, down to $2 or there 
illiterate mostly. I mean, education's just really fucked. Unemployment's horrible. Yeah, what is the public school system like in Egypt in a place like Syria? And you're talking about a huge country. What's Egypt's population? Like 82 million? Is that what we have? It's huge. It's, right. it's almost like three times as much as Syria. Syria is, I think, 20-something. So their government idea was to keep them dumb and keep them dirty, and that'll no, keep the people down. That wasn't the idea. It was just Mubarak was a horrible manager. You know, right. you got to look at these countries like, like a supermarket. You mm-hmm. got to manage this. You got to have good inventory. You got to have good employees running it. You got right. to keep your customers happy. Egypt was never like that. He used his muscles and the support of the West to just... Like I said, it's a pressure cook thing. Yeah, and that's what a little it was. pressure cooker. Always makes me think of Boston. You know? <laughs> yeah, me too. That was the first thing I thought of. That's the that's the old the old pressure cooker bomb. Yes, yeah. and that's what led to Morrissey and the Muslim Brotherhood taking over. And now he's gone. <laughs> Mubarak's back in, not back in, but the military's back in. That's great. Well, all right. What was the population there? Eighty-two million in Egypt, and uh, it's a bunch of people, and twenty million in Syria. It's huge. So Syria is much easier to take care of. Let me ask, let me ask you this: is uh, um, since these populations are so highly uneducated, yeah. is democracy possible in those places? Like, is democracy possible in an, an extremely uneducated? Because even in America, where we're vaguely educated, democracy still is. A, you know, it, it kind of works. Like democracy is possible anywhere. Yeah, it, but it's a word we use very loosely. Democracy was something that took us like over 100 years to, to, right. to be able to fucking handle. You know what I mean? So Egypt's not like it's not going to be democratic tomorrow morning. It's never going to happen. What we ha- and, you know, I'm not I'm not a politician to try to figure out what to do with Egypt, but we should not expect a, a, a total democratic. Egypt I don't think tomorrow. we want it. It's I mean, that's how, that's how Morrissey, no, Morrissey was elected. If, I don't if, think the democracy should work for everybody. I don't think it's a possibility some, for it to work with it for everybody. And you know you have a point because democracy doesn't necessarily mean it means every it works everywhere because right. democracy usually works in countries with a lot of natural resources and wealthy countries. Mm-hmm. But when you're not in a wealthy country, when not when you you're not as privileged and you don't have all the shit we do, right? You live in like some fucked up country like I don't know Vietnam. Maybe maybe it is communism. I don't know what it is, but right? How it's it's a very tough thing. You can't you can't label countries and say yeah democracy is your way and you get that's how you get to do it. Look at Afghanistan. Yeah, it's become democratic. My ass. Right. Nothing about Afghanistan is democratic. I mean, it seems like if you have a an uneducated religious populace, then every yeah. election is going to be about religion. What you know, for every church and every mosque, we should instead of buying bombs and airplanes and shit like that, we should build schools. Yeah. For every church, we should have twelve schools. For every mosque, we should have twenty-two schools. That's right. how, you know, that's how that's the and it's going to take. But how are we going to indoctrinate? How are we going to indoctrinate the children with our ideals then, Simon? That's not good. No. All right. It's it's going to take generations and generations to get over this shit. All right. Lastly, so what's what's happening? What's going to let's give it a projection for the next six months? How many bombs are the U.S. going to drop on Syria? I think I think we're going to do something about Syria soon. I think Obama's gotten to a point where he has to answer. He he he's, he needs to explain himself. Do you think he's terrified he of just having blood on his hands? Do you think he he just couldn't go to sleep at night if knowing that? Uh, what do you mean? He started another war that he was because I mean I mean I do think at his core he doesn't want to have war. This is why he uses the very passive aggressive Obama female cramp- blogger. The, the it's the drones are the female blogger version of war. Obama- it's very passive aggressive. It's very behind your desk. It's very not hands on. 
Obama's luckily he's. This would be need... an actual war. This would be a hands-on like U.S. bombs going in there, and there's going to be a bunch of civilians that are murdered. Do you think he could actually handle that? Do you we're, think we're his conscience have a could deal with it? Bunch of crises on our hands. I'll just tell you right, right. now. First of all, Iraq is a mess. Mm-hmm. Which has is not been discussed whatsoever. No, I'm, we're, we're, I'm, I'm, I think there was a bombing yesterday, mm-hmm. or t- even maybe today. Iraq's a disaster. Is there is Iraq on another? Because I know obviously with Saddam he was a tight-fisted man, but of course he was a member of the minority, and he kept everybody at bay. Are these three religious Saddam groups? Saddam was they the Mubarak of 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 Iraq, and so you think in Iraq we're getting closer to a a, a, a trifecta civil war going on? Probably. That's and great. then, and then uh, Afghanistan is another thing. Right. Um, now, what's Afghanistan's major problem? It's not so much religious grievances, is it, or is it just? Uh, it's different ethnic problems, religious problems. The whole thing. Afghanistan is like a big fucking mafia of drug lords and warlords. Is there and, any country in the Middle East doing good? Anyone? The most stable one after Israel would be actually Iran. Right. And, um, it's very ironic. That's the only one. That, it's I mean, ironic. It's God. think about it, Marcus. Think about what I did there. They have <laughs> the, right. the the you know the average Iranian or the society is very pro Western, mm-hmm. highly educated, and you know. Very, and your show is very popular over very there. Very popular, and they have a solid middle class. And anytime you have a strong middle class, mm-hmm. you have a stable country. So Iran's actually pretty pretty stable. So Iran and Israel are the two only stable countries in the Middle East, right and the now. most powerful ones in the country. and the most powerful. I mean, of course, it's Israel. They got all the nukes. Oh yeah. After that, it's Iran. We don't like their government. The government's a piece of shit, but it's still a stable country, and people are still. You and know, they have garbage pickup. Garbage pickup. They actually they have, have, have streetlights. Pretty good. They have schools. Social services are good. Right. Which it's is avoiding a little a huge... bit even better than here in the states. <laughs> really? Yeah. Do certain things, you know, but. Uh, Which is why we're not discussing a civil war in uh, Iran's going to be good. They, in time, they're going to be fine. But they're actually more prone to a democratic government than than like they're going to be fine. They're going to be. Well, Iran had a long period yeah. of Western influence. So we go in there. Not we, only Western influence, but it, it's a very it's highly educated society. And you know, the, Iran was actually the first country in the region that reached out to become a democratic country in 1953. By, you know, overthrowing the Shah and electing its first democratically elected leader in the region, Dr. Mm-hmm. Mossadegh, in 1953. Unfortunately, he nationalized the oil, and that's when the Brits and the Americans yeah. got pissed off. And actually, there was an article in HuffPost a couple of days ago that CIA finally, after all these years, admitted that we fucked up for having a coup. Because Iran was a democratic country. It had already in the 50s, in the early 50s, had stepped up to that right. point. But money was better for us at the time. And that's yeah. that's the coup kind of. And that was the back in 1979. A lot of people don't understand. They think fucking crazy students taking over the you know U.S. embassy and grabbing hostages. No, they did it because. Ben Affleck was going to win an Oscar. Not and, only, and <laughs> you know, this is all about looking towards the future. And that and also Batman. And now the circle's complete. Thanks, oh Ron. Ben Affleck as Batman has everybody very upset. The serious I situation is just yeah, like, yeah, that, that happens. Yeah, and oh. Batman's a bigger. Issue. I blame Obama for that. Oh, why not? It's a false flag operation. Sure. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> I think Michelle Obama should step in and fix this situation. I think so. since she's the one who handed him the Oscar. So perhaps, yeah, that's right. That's right. She did. So uh, perhaps we're trying to avoid another situation like we had with uh, with Iran when it comes down to Syria, which is maybe why we've been so hesitant. Iran was the first regime change policy that we had in the States, and it didn't work, clearly. Right. 
So if we go in there, we start bombing Assyria. What if the Russians? What if the Russians start to? Uh, the Russians will give them weapons. Give them weapons. I mean, what do we do then? then I mean, this thing, this whole thing, could theoretically escalate into a uh, World War Three type situation. I mean, the Russians are back. I, yeah, we, we've Russians, got ourselves a good Russian enemy again. Yeah, oh, the, the Russians, Russians are, are back, back and stronger. They're more powerful. Yeah. They have more money. They're doing great. They got rid of all the shitty countries they were fucking funding. And, That's right. And their oil revenue is out of this world. They're in the G8. They're one of the richest countries in the world. They're huge. Yeah. And they have, after the United States, they produce the best weapons. So this could escalate very quickly, couldn't could it? Could it, it not? It can because, see, Syria is very fucked up because. Uh, this is a Vietnam. I mean, is it potentially a Vietnam of no, our of our generation? Worse than Vietnam. Worse than Vietnam. Yeah, because because Syria is a major interest of several countries here, and uh, hopefully we get some good music. If it's if it's worse than Vietnam, hopefully we can get some good music. I out don't of know, this. man. We didn't get shit out of Iraq and Afghanistan. I know, I no. know. We just get, who do, who do we get? We got uh, Dwight, not Dwight Yoakam, uh, the the country star. Uh, What's his name? Dwayne Bibble. Dwayne Bibble. Might as well be Dwayne. <laughs> no, I'll stick a boot in your ass. It's the oh, Toby Keith. Toby Keith. Yeah, oh, that was the, we, got country, the, we got country music. And then you had the Dixie Chicks against Dixie, Toby. Yeah. Who, you know. We need to get some good CCR back, you know? Hells some yeah. good The Bands. You know good. what I was watching last night? What's that? Fucking uncut version of Apocalypse Now. Oh, oh that's my favorite. Do it. It's my favorite movie. You know how many times I've seen this shit? Dude, I, just I cannot get enough. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that. Like, all of them. And, you know, we're talk- we were talking about France earlier. What is it about France going in and fucking up a country and then it going to sh- absolute shit? Vietnam. They went and coloni- colonized Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Goes this, to shit. And, and, Syria goes to shit. Honestly, the root of all the problems we, we have in the Middle East or any hot spot in the world really goes back to the European colonization of yeah. these countries. I mean, that's how Africa is as well. Are we going to straight up yeah. blame the it French was, here? It, <laughs> are the French to blame? I mean, I'm more than happy to blame the French the for any Brits of this stuff. The fucked up in, in, in Middle East. That's you right. Know, Middle East was just a chunk of land that the Brits turned into like several different fucked up countries without any understanding of the different ethnic groups and the religions and all that. For example, Iraq was a disaster. Mm-hmm. You know, they just took a chalk and started, like, mapping shit out. The French are just as guilty. The Dutch, everybody, the Germans. Oh, wow, the Dutch. The I never Belgians, thought the Dutch really. No one gives the Belgians enough credit for... They were uh, evil ones? In Africa, yeah. Hell yeah. Really? What yeah, were they up the to The Democratic in Republic of Congo, that was a former Belgian state. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, they have certainly changed their ways. I've never heard. I've, that is the worst thing I've ever heard anybody say about the Dutch. The only <laughs> thing I know about the Dutch is they love weed, opiates, mushrooms, and clogs. You know the uh, the British Empire. At some point, if you collect all the places in the world they they actually colonized and had power, was ninety percent of the planet. The Brits look that yeah. shit up. It's ninety percent. One tiny little island. Ninety percent of the world. That they, can't they be rule. done. So when when you're like the neighboring European country, you're like, fuck, I'm gonna go grab whatever's left of it. You know. Right, 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 right. Sierra so, Leone, the guy Sierra. which we didn't talk about. Yeah. You know that was Who's part of the French colony. This is a guy that was a, a foreign national from Sierra Leone Sierra that Leone. was uh, that was essentially set up in a sting operation with the United oh, States. Oh, this was yesterday smuggling, or today. Yeah. yeah, smuggling yellow cake uranium into the United States, uh, trying to sell it to Iran, but Iran was America. And so he was busted at JFK with the uranium cake in his shoes. Shoes. Right. It's like dipping your Johnson in like a can of toxic shit. Right. Yeah. We didn't even get to... Uh, Fukushima. Yeah, Fukushima. Oh, Fukushima. We did. The Japanese. Real, the, 
Of course, that massive uh, nuclear. Uh, well, it all stems from the uh, the hurricane. And honestly, the, the, uh, earthquake. The that, earthquake. Yeah. That's that should be the priority of our international crisis today. Right. The uh, nuclear nuclear water is coming to California. Coming and to a California nuclear water you. and nuclear wind. Very very exciting. Yeah. Chernobyl. When Chernobyl happened, it reached all the way down to France. Yeah. So we're on the brink of World War Three, and our oceans are full of nuclear <laughs> nuclear uh, chemicals. It's yeah. beautiful. That's good, perfect. Good I am actually at peace with all of this. As am I. Let's Bro- get it done. Brooklyn's not bad at all, huh? Yeah, Brooklyn's all right. We're okay. It's good. You know, it smells bad a little bit in the summertime, but... Yeah. but hey, man, I haven't stepped in any dog shit in like four months. Well, that's great. Oh, because yeah. you don't live in the city. That's yeah, Well, I live in Bedside. Many a pit bull in that neighborhood. Oh, yeah. shit. I feel guilty not stepping in shit because I'm the only one left in the office without stepping in shit. It's fucking horrible between first and first where I live and and, and bleaker. It's just it's fucking mines. It's like mm. Afghanistan. <laughs> oh, dog shit. Well, it could be worse. There could be a rotting horse outside of your apartment. Always just could be. Every what day of the week it is? What day of the week is it? Well, it must be Thursday because the I'm horse's kidding. eyes are gone. I'm not, I, I guarantee you, this was. Like is that a, their calendar? Just I, a I'm rotting. Sure. You put you put a rotting horse out on Monday, if and by I Sunday go it's back gone. Today. I guarantee you there'll be the something left of it. Because, yeah. And this was like 2006, maybe. I'm not kidding you, dude. That place fucked up. It's different. Um, all right. Well, let's wrap that up. Then. Let's wrap this episode up. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Saman or Bobby. Thank you both. Thank and you. Uh, thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Ben. Thank the whole... It's just This is such a thanking thing. It's a lot of thanking happening. I love thanking. All right, everybody. We will talk to you very soon. And uh, don't worry. Everything is going to be fine. You know? <laughs> For the most part. Sort of. Uh, It's fine. It's fine. All right. All right. We'll talk to you soon. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts— to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.